Hi, it's Zenaida here and welcome back to the Nottinghamshire LMC podcast. It's been a few weeks since we last caught up with you. Reason being, we took a short break for the summer holidays. In that short space of time, a lot has taken place. We've seen the cost of living soar with rising utilities, not to mention the cost of petrol. We've witnessed a new cabinet sworn into number 10 and a new prime minister in Liz Truss. And more recently, a new monarch in King Charles III, following the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, of which the entire team here at the Nottinghamshire LMC send our heartfelt condolences to the royal family and to all of us who have lost Britain's longest reigning monarch. It's fair to say she is part of the fabric of our lives and served with strength and grace to the very end. With that being said, we are happy to be back with you on this platform. As we draw closer to the end of the year, we have some interesting episodes in the pipelines that we cannot wait for you to listen to. But for this month, I sat down with Dr. Andy Foster, a GP partner and lead for Bullwell and Top Valley PCN, who also happens to be the host of the Nottingham City GP Alliance podcast, NCGPA Live. This was a collaborative episode between NCGPA Live and the Nottinghamshire LMC podcast, where we explored the role of the LMC and the services available to our constituent practices. So I'm going to leave you with this episode conducted by NCGPA Live, and I hope you enjoy it. This is the Nottinghamshire LMC podcast, here to educate, inform and support general practice staff in Nottinghamshire. Get to know about those who represent you, as well as all the latest information from Notts LMC at your leisure. Tune in and subscribe to our podcast today, hosted by me, Zenaida Morrison at podbean.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of uh, NCGPA Live, informative conversations about general practice in Nottingham City. I'm Dr. Andy Foster and today I'm joined by uh, Zenaida Morrison from uh, Nottinghamshire LMC. Hello Zenaida. Hi Andy. Good, great <laughs> to have you on our uh, vlog or podcast uh, today. Um, so we have an interesting conversation planned today exploring the role of the local medical committee, also known as the LMC. We will mm -hmm. be talking about the role of the LMC, how they support surgeries in in Nottinghamshire and doctors in general and the profession in general and how they fit in the local health ecosystem uh, both here and around the country. Uh, the LMC also have a, has a podcast led by Zenaida so she does have some experience in this area uh, and this is a collaboration today between the two organisations. Um, NCGPA is a federation with over 40 GP practice members across Nottingham City and we hope that these NCGPA live conversations will be of interest to local practices and people working or interested in primary care uh, will also find this interesting uh, and perhaps people more widely outside of the Nottingham area might be interested to hear things that we're doing in, uh, in Nottingham and, uh, and Nottinghamshire with regards to primary care networks, GP federations and other organisations that operate in the area. We are aiming to have a fairly free-flowing podcast-style conversation on the topic, which hopefully you will find entertaining 
and bought it. Uh, so uh, sit back, continue doing your ironing or driving your car or walking your dog, um, and uh, let's have a, a nice, interesting conversation about the LMC. So hello, Zaneda. Um, thanks for coming. Do you want to just introduce yourself to us? Oh, that was a wonderful introduction uh, into th this episode, Andy. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy to introduce myself. I'm Zenaida Morrison. As mentioned, I'm the Communications and Marketing Manager for the Nottinghamshire LMC um, and also the LMC Buying Group, respectively. Um, so I don't know if you want me to go into a little bit about what I do, but... Yeah, I mean, we can, we can go there. What I've noticed... Um... It, it may be since you've joined the LMC, it, it may it may not, but I think our local LMC is actually really good um, at communication. I, I like the, the updates that we get out. Um, yeah. I like um, the information that comes through. I think the website is is, is, is pretty on point. Um, and yeah. the podcasts have been really good. So I really like what you're doing. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about your, your role, if you like, Zaneda. Yeah, um, thanks, thanks, Andy, for that. So a, a lot of what I do um, is to kind of deliver communication strategies that really align with the LMC's vision and objectives um, and also helps to fulfill its remit to, to general practice and the, and the GPs that they look after. So I work a lot on kind of really closely with, you know, GPs supporting them in particular with things like, you know, social media um, and how to uh, engage and deal with local and national press, um, particularly when there's negative press coverage. So those are some of the things that I focus on. Media training where needed. Um, and a lot of the the outlets that we use are, like you just mentioned, are, um, you know, we have a weekly e-update that we use to communicate with our practice on a weekly basis. So that's something that's uh, an output from, from the communications team. Um, in addition to that, we, we have annual reports that we release every year. So that's kind of just like a summary of our accounts and what we've been up to throughout the year and just giving practices kind of insight into to what we've been working um, on with them. And then we have the podcast, which um, I'm, I'm just really kind of proud about that. It's uh, something that we produce earlier this year, so at the beginning of the year, and, and kind of the idea behind doing it was really to give, give our practices another way of um, taking in very useful and insightful information that some, sometimes goes amiss because you know, it is a bit of an attention marketplace. There, There is a lot of things that they are doing that they're focusing on. So they don't really get the chance sometimes to sit back and say, okay, how can my LMC support me? What type of um, support can they give? You know, um, and although that is on our website, we just felt that having this, you know, podcast, which is kind of like an audio visual medium um, allows them to tap into find out some of these um, some of this information in their spare time and not actually get in the way of what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis um, but in addition the, the podcast really does tackle their well-being in that you know we try to produce content that you know provides inspiration and aspirational uh, personal stories from from colleagues both within primary and secondary care that that can support them and you know help them to not always have like a gray cloud hanging over them but you know give them some source of inspiration um and and kind of you know see how others within their sector that they can relate to have navigated mm -hmm. some challenging times so i'm really proud of them we're really proud of the podcast 
Wow, that's a really comprehensive description of your work. You know, we've got some uh, some questions sort of planned and structured um, out for later in the podcast, but it's just some questions have just actually just come to mind. Uh, one of the first things is, um, oh, actually, I'm going to just introduce myself. We got straight into our conversation. Um, people may be familiar with me, they may not. I'm Dr. Andy Foster. I'm a GP partner who works in Bullwell, uh, which is part of Nottingham. Uh, I'm also on the board of NCGPA, um, and this is NCGPA Live, so there's a connection there. Um, and I work with Bullwell and Top Valley Primary Care Network as the health inequalities lead. Um, so, uh, really great to hear about that that range of communication um, skills and uh, modalities that you bring into the LMC. It just made me think of a few years ago when uh, the LMC was supported to my practice. Actually, you mentioned media training and help engaging with the media, and I remember uh, a few years ago there was. Um, a story with regards to the practice in the local press so that I was being asked for comments as one of the partners uh, the mm -hmm. LMC was really really supportive so I just thought I'd just mark that with my personal experience um, yeah and, uh, yeah I mean I, does, has that continued to happen that happened to us a few years ago but is that still a regular occurrence Absolutely. I mean, especially in this time with kind of all the negative media that came out during the pandemic at the height of it, and even still now, um, there's a lot of uh, negative national media about, you know, patients not being able to access their GP practices, although the data has shown otherwise that, in fact, we have, uh, you know, had more appointments, GPs have, have provided more appointments in this pandemic, more um, so even than the, the, the year prior to. So um, that data is there and, and a lot of, a lot of um, what we do from a comms perspective in the LMC is that we try to tell, tell these st statistics, tell, um, tell the story of what's actually going on. Um, and so we still do li liaise with practices when they're having kind of negative disparities disparaging comments to their social media, or even just facing a lot of uh, uh, challenges with patients in practice, we speak to them and give them some guidance on kind of what they can do, what's important. I mean, one thing we do advocate for is that this is an opportunity to get your patients involved um, in their healthcare through your PPGs. Um, so that, you know, for those of you that don't know, that's a patient participation group. Um, how how are you engaging with your, your patients so that they can also have a say-so in the care that is being provided to them? And I think sometimes in doing that, it's, it's, a, it's a great space, I think, for practices to be able to relay, relay some of the issues that are taking place because the everyday person is not going to understand the challenges that practices are facing. They're not going to understand the whys. Do you see what I mean? Especially if they have a health concern, that's their primary focus. But if they have an understanding and a sense of, you know, what's actually taken place, why it's taken place and understanding that it's not actually the fault of the GPs, but GPs just as much as the patients want the best for them, you know. Um, so these are some of the things that we advise uh, practices to do. Yeah. It's I know from experience, it's really helpful actually accessing the expertise you have at the LMC because uh, obviously you've got a, a background in uh, you know customer relations communications. Uh, we don't always have that within our teams, so it's really great to have access to that kind of advice, and we've certainly benefited from that in the past, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, so, the other thing that, that I was thinking of listening to your talk, and I think the LMC actually does appear, from my perspective, to be pretty successful at engaging with with the membership. Will have fair success it may feel differently your side uh, and i know through working with ncgpa and also with the primary care network 
you know, engaging with practices can yeah. be really, really difficult because there's lots of things pulling our attention in all sorts of different directions. Lots yes. of other authorities that might be higher than engaging with the LMC or with another organization. Um, mm. How have you um, sought to try and improve your engagement? Because a lot of organizations will be struggling with this, you know, practices as well. So yeah. any tips? Yeah, I mean, you know, for I always say that when it comes to communications and engagement, it's a cyclical process. You have to try different things and you have to see some things will stick, some things they won't stick and you have to see what what works and some things are good for a certain period in time and others not so i'll give you an example uh, at the height of the pandemic um one of um my responsibilities was to come up with a strategy of engagement uh with our practices given the fact that it was you know we were moving away from face to face and we we're coming into this kind of virtual uh way um of working so uh, one of the things I came up with was um, uh, a, a week in, not so week in practice, which basically summarizes everything that's happening because GPs at the height of the COVID pandemic were getting so much information uh, that they had to go through and to understand. And so what that kind of audiovisual weekly roundup did was that it highlighted the most significant and important things that they absolutely needed to know um, and then just put it into a summary video. So that's something that we hadn't done before, but it made sense for that moment in time. Um, of course, when practices started to understand what was going on uh, um, in the landscape, particularly as far as COVID-19 is concerned. And even when we had the, the vaccination program, which had started, um, that no longer became such a necessity. And that's when we kind of uh, transferred. And, and this was actually an idea of um, our CEO, Michael Wright, to have a, a COVID-19 weekly, COVID weekly briefing. So that's something that we, we then started, where we would meet with them 12 noon, um, every every week on a monday and we would talk would have uh, you know at the time ccg colleagues now you know ics colleagues to come in and, and talk about what was happening and kind of give them a, a roundup of um what was happening on the ground so yes. that was very useful yeah yeah it's an aid i was going to come in there because i really remember uh, the lmc running those weekly briefings and i thought they were really really actually quite crucial for the COVID response in, in Nottingham and Nottinghamshire, because yeah. there was, at that point in time, there was a lot of information moving about and through the system, and it was changing rapidly. Yeah. And there was a lot of need to connect uh, GP surgeries, primary care networks, parts of the system with other parts of the system, such as the commissioners, our locality teams, NHS England, those people organising the vaccine response. And that created a really good forum. And actually the LMC, with its footprint similar to um, the ICS and uh, with its kind of convening power to actually bring all of those organizations together it was really well placed and I thought they did a really really good job actually yeah thank you. That. that was really good so hats off to you guys there I think you really stepped yeah. up uh, yeah well I, thank you so much Andy for that I mean we we realized that it was um you know, because obviously what we do is we serve our survey our membership um, annually and um 
some of the feedback that we got from practices was that was it was such an invaluable uh, thing for, for us to have those briefings and it really helped them. So we thought, okay, well, why not continue it on? So we actually still do have those briefings. Of course, it's not COVID-19 briefings, but they're weekly practice briefings, which um, essentially allows us to, because um, you were talking about how, how do we foster better engagement. So it allows us to, to speak to the powers that be, speak to, you know, NHS, uh, NHS, uh, ICS colleagues, and and kind of get them to attend the meetings as well. So there's that. So you know we're bridging that gap and we're bringing them together so we can foster that collaboration and and hopefully um, that leads to better resilience in general practice. So um, it's a prime example of something that did stick and that yeah. did work, and so we continue it. Fantastic. I've got two more questions about comms and engagement, and then we'll move on to, to we may have lost some people because we were going to talk about what's an LMC and things like that. So that is coming in a second. Yeah. We're not going to leave people high and dry without sort of some basic definitions. Uh, but I was going to ask, first of all, you mentioned talking about a communication strategy and a sort of vision for, for the LMC. I'm just wondering what, 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 what is the kind of vision or mission for the LMC if you've got something like that you can go to? And how did you create that because a lot of organizations have to try and do that these days which is what our management um, and leadership courses tell us to do but it's really hard so yeah how did yeah. that happen what is it Ooh, that's a broad question um so ultimately the the purpose of an lmc and our lmc is to represent uh, our practices to provide advice and guidance for them and you know the bma kind of you know, says it says it best in that we are the corporate memory for general practice. So that is really our purpose. And so in, in line with that, when creating a communication strategy, it is really trying to understand who are our stakeholders, who, who are our primary stakeholders, you know, um, what did they need? What did they want? And creating messaging around that and understanding kind of some of their unique challenges and how that, you know, then filters down to, okay, what, what platforms we use even to communicate and engage with them. So, you know, for example, practices, we, we communicate with them, GPs, a lot uh, via, via email, but we understand that, you know, like I, like I mentioned before, that there's just, they're, they're receiving a lot of emails and this is stuff that they will communicate to us as well as practice managers. So how can we kind of make it easier for them? What, what other ways and what other mediums can we use to communicate with them? Where are GPs spending their time most? So I would do that research, I'll do that due diligence, and that will be all factored into the, the communication strategy. And so far as it's aligning with the goals, of the LNC, then you know it's something that we can we can trial and see if it works, and if it doesn't, we change it. And you know, who who creates that communication strategy? Is that is that you, or are you are you sort of bringing in the leadership or the board in that in that decision? I'm just interested in the process. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it, it, it's it's the wider corporate strategy that I would use to create the common strategy, but I at, at every stage of it, it's something that you know, um, senior management, um, our director of services, Helen Schuker, engages in because she also does have a communications background. So um, I'll pull her in, I'll rope her in, I'll rope um, the liaison team in um, who regularly liaise with practices. So they have that, they have, they have that insight 
into the challenges that they have. They have that insight into what it is that they need. So that, you know, all, all members, all hands on board when it comes to the comms strategy, I might pull it together, but um, it really does encompass everybody uh, to make it what it needs to be. Good. Mm -hmm. Right, I've got a better understanding now. So let's, <laughs> we've started to talk about what the, um, you know, what the LMC is and, and, and what it does. So let's dig a little bit deeper there and um, apologies if we went down a, a comms and engagement rabbit hole there but I just got really um, enthused about what you were talking about particularly with um, the COVID response and how you adapt and so forth that was all really fascinating but we, we started to talk about what an LMC is um, have you got anything to add there or clarify or or firm yeah. up what, what, what is the LMC yeah absolutely so um a local medical committee, so an LMC uh, stands for local medical committee, it's a democratic body um, and it's a body that's elected and comprising of GPs. In, in some cases it has an operational team, so the Nottinghamshire LMC, I would fall within the, the operational team. Um, and the purpose of the LMC is to represent their GP colleagues um, at a local level. So that's you know, first and foremost, what an LMC is and what it does. Um, like I mentioned uh, about being the corporate memory of general practice, um, that means that we, we, we're, we're not only representing them, we're advising them, we're providing personal and professional support uh, for GPs. Um, who, and we're also helping to promote quality and upholding the standards of the profession in line with other, uh, other bodies as well. So, You'll find that each region in England has an LMC, um, and this is also, you know, the case in Northern Ireland and Scotland and Wales. Um, and LMCs have been around for a very long time. So uh, since 1911, they they predate the National Health Service um, and have always been a support arm for for general practice. So they're very key and integral to uh, the business um, of general practice and the well-being of general practice as well. Mm. Okay, I think that's that's putting me straight a little bit and um, improving my understanding. Um, because, you know, it's funny, a lot of um, doctors, you know, get as far as GP training or even beyond that. And we don't fully understand what an LMC is. It's a very community general practice sort of entity. So you can, you can go a long time in your career without fully understanding that. Um, yeah. And a lot of the confusion is around, so what's the difference between, say, the LMC and the BMA? And then, of course, there's the GMC and other things which are a little bit further away from it in terms of function. You know, there are, you know, um, standards and regulatory, you know, bodies. Um, but in terms of the BMA, what's the relationship between the LMC and the BMA? Can you talk to that? Yeah, no, sure. So I, I, I think, well, we'll probably go into the funding of how an LMC mm. is funding and stuff. But um, so LMCs are nothing uh, like uh, the BMA is the trade union body and um, the LMC is the local representative you know at the grassroots for general practice so the LMCs work closely with you know the British Medical Association General Practice um, Practitioners Committee which is BMA GPC um, and their response they're the trade union body for general practice in the UK so we feed the concerns and needs of general practice locally up to them. And uh, they liaise with NHS uh, England to negotiate their needs through the GP contract. So GPs, um, GPs basically hold a 
uh, an NHS contract. So it could be a GMS, PMS, APMS contract. Um, and through us, you know, if there, if there are any kind of, you know, iterations they want on the, uh, the contracts, if there are any issues with the contracts that don't kind of mirror what's happening um, on the ground, then these are things that they would feed to us. We feed that up to the British um, Medical Association, GPC, um, and then that's something that they negotiate with um, NHS England, if that kind of gives a, <laughs> a, a basic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, for me it's, 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 it's sort of in, in the name once you become familiar with it, you know, the, the LMC is that is, is, I imagine it to be the local arm of the BMA essentially and it, it, it connects up and into the BMA but also has yeah. a degree of local sort of independence and a focus on yeah. local support, local uh, local issues, local relationships within the health economy um, and the BMA is more about meeting with the, the NHS England Department of Health and those bigger questions uh, exactly. for the profession around big national contracts and so forth. Um, you'll lead to a little bit to, to funding. So the LMC does a lot. Um, uh, you know, how is the LMC funded to do these things? All LMCs are, are funded uh, by a statutory levy uh, paid by GPs, which is based on an amount per patient to support the office and the offices of the LMC, as well as the committee um, who represent them. So that's a little bit about the structure. So each LMC will review their, their, their statutory levy each year, and sometimes it increases. For us, we've been able to, you know, maintain it at, you know, current 38 pence, um, which has been the cost since 2010. Um, so that's something that we've been, you know, we're proud to, to say, and we've, we've been able to do for our practices. There's also a national voluntary levy, which LMCs collect. Um, so it's an amount of, I believe, about four pence um, per patient per year. And this is uh, to basically pay for the services of the GP Defence Fund, the G GPDF, um, and the administration of, you know, our national negotiating committee, which is GPC. So, yeah, that's a little bit of, on the funding and how an LMC is funded. Um, in terms of structure, LMCs differ from region to region. Um, so in, in some cases, you'll get an LMC and it comprises of two people um, who look after, you know, quite a large patch. We, we have over 130 practices, but we equally have a really large operational team, including committee members. And so it, it just means that we're able to really support our practices in a way that they need. Um, and, and normally how that works is we have um, the board of committee and the board at the top, and that normally includes um, the chairman and also includes the CEO. So our chairman being uh, Dr. Carter Singh, MBE, and also our CEO, uh, Michael Wright. Um, and then we have committee members. So we have 15 in total, and we have like five members per locality. So we have um, five from Nottingham, for Nottingham City, representing Nottingham City, uh, then we have South Nottinghamshire, we also have um, Midnots, and then we also uh, are within Bassett Law, but we don't kind of have a representation there as yet. Um, in addition to that, we have co-opted members um, so who, who will put themselves forward, and that's actually um, for representation and support of the wider team. So we have a co-opted um, a uh, practice manager representative, Julie Reed. She's the PM, 
Cullingham Medical Practice. And then we have um, a GP rep, GP trainee rep, uh, Dr. Hannah Iger. And then we have a practice nurse rep, uh, and that's uh, Gemma Bird. So that's kind of giving you a sense of the structure. And then thereafter, we have the operational team and I fall within that. So communications and marketing manager, we have a communications assistant, we have director of services who also kind of doubles up with comms and just kind of all things operational for the LMC. Um, and then we have our liaison officers and, and our liaison manager who are really integral to the support that we provide our, our GP members because they're the ones who are liaising with them on a day-to-day -day basis um, with so many various issues that they might have from NHS property services, premises disputes to CQC inspections, yeah. uh, you name it. So there's a lot uh, of ground that we cover with our practices through our liaison team. So, yeah. So, oh gosh, that's, um, it's very educational about the streets of the LMC. You know, I, I, I didn't realize that there was such sort of regional variation between LMCs and their activities and, and how yeah. they're structured. Cause I've only really had contact with Nottinghamshire LMC yeah. and it feels like Nottinghamshire LMC might be fairly big compared to others. You know, yeah. um, it's how big is Nottinghamshire LMC compared to other LMCs? Where does it sit in the, in the, 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 the rate pecking order or size range? Yeah, so, you know, um, like I mentioned, some LMCs would have like one to two, you know, if that, and we have, you know, we're in the range of 10 to 12. So we, we're quite a big, you know, group generally, uh, a, a big operational team uh, supporting our practices. So um, that that's, that's the beauty of it in that we can offer them a lot of support that perhaps, you know, other LMCs might not be able to just purely based on capacity. Yeah, so um, let's talk now about this support available from the LMC, um, because um, I know that that's actually really been important to a lot of practices. I can think of times in the past where our practice has been supported on a number of issues uh, by the LMC. I talked about that communications issue that happened a while yeah. ago. We're doing the communications expertise of the LMC, which was really, really helpful. Um, we've certainly used the pre-inspection sort of CQC checkup visits yeah. before. That's really, really helpful. Um, yeah. And they actually have been helpful actually to facilitate on various issues as well. They're often, um, from a practice perspective, you know, seen as being a little bit more impartial. So where there are issues maybe um, potentially between practice or between practices and other parts of the system, such as um, you mentioned property services, for example, that's been a big yeah. issue for a lot of GP uh, practices and including our own actually. And you know, the LMC yeah. has been really helpful to come in and uh, be a little bit independent, um, yeah. have that convening power to pull people into a meeting because it's the LMC, there's some significance, you know, of the LMC being involved, which is helpful for us. Um, and they also, because because those practice liaison officers uh, see similar problems occurring across the patch, um, I find that they bring a lot of experience and they know what's happened in other areas as well. So they give yeah. a little bit more situational awareness to the practice on that issue. Um, so I found, found it really, really helpful. I know, I think, it, yeah. is it still Stuart and Lucy? Are they still the Nottingham patch? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yes, um, it's uh, Lucy Cassidy and she's uh, the liaison manager, uh, uh, Stuart Haig, and now we have Emma Wicklow, who uh, are, you know, they're quite a power team um, of liaison officers 
supporting uh, our patch. Um, and I think you, like you mentioned there about some of the support that they do offer uh, with NHS property services, but also CQC support. So, I mean, with that, you know, they, with regards to CQC, like our liaison officers would, as an example, would regularly meet with a, a, a designated CQC inspector. Um, and they would kind of identify common themes and issues that, you know, they are, they're encountering. So that, that what will happen then is that they can then support practices with intelligence early on. So kind of to help them to uphold quality and professional standards in practice. Um, it's a great opportunity, I think, to foster better engagement between, you know, the two parties. So the inspectors, um, the, 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 uh, care quality commission and then also practices as well um but it also reassures practices when they are you know due to have an inspection because you know they they know we have a direct connection with a dedicated inspector and so you know we'll be able to give the guidance and the tips and what they need to know to to ensure that they are operating uh at the the required level um and with the required quality um needed but what's really also good about that service is that you know our liaison team offer mock inspections as well so it's a case where they can go into practice uh, or even on a team's call um as a kind of general governance process uh, which also assures practices and gives them the opportunity to work on areas that need improvement improving most and that's something that happens ahead of an inspection if they um if they're able to communicate that with us and of course the liaison will go through you know five lines five lines of inquiry so there's certain pillars that um uh cqc inspectors focus on which is like you know safety is it safe you know uh, is it effective caring well-led is it responsive so see these are some of the things that they would focus on and so that's that's kind of like some of the just to name one of the things that you know the liaison team are really good at supporting our practices with there's few i mean i'm just thinking of other things that i know all the practices have found helpful like the roving practice manager support you know people often uh, practice managers are so key and if you find that they're you know you have an issue with your practice manager and they're no longer you know able to deliver or you lose them for whatever reason yeah. you know and that's been really crucial for some practices to really keep them going so there's all sorts of things i think if your yeah. practice have a problem my advice would be to um talk to the lmc and you may find that there's something you're not aware of that they're able to help with or they can point you in the right, right direction um, and just on that point um andy you're absolutely right um you know as, as an LMC, we we really understand that although we represent the existing workforce of GPs locally, there is an importance to also engage and support um, other members of their team, specifically practice managers, as you mentioned, who um, they're essential to the, the running of general practice, the business of general practice, and they're essential, essentially business managers. So um, yeah, that's we, we cover, the LMC kind of really make sure we make a like an effort really to make sure that we are covering all bases because at the end of the day it does filter down to the GP anyway so um even when it comes to GP trainees um who are the emerging workforce we make sure that we can do some things for them as well yeah so, so yeah. talking of workforce uh some of the other areas that I'm aware the the LMC is active is around some supporting um 
workforce in general, workforce development, and individual members of the workforce, you know, if, if they happen to have issues or they become dissatisfied with their jobs. So I was going to ask you uh, about a few things in turn, but first of all, as GPS uh, program, um, can you explain what, what that is and, and how that can be helpful? Yeah. Um, so in a nutshell, GPS is a peer mentoring, coaching and training service. And it's designed to help individuals with the tools needed to improve their, their personal and professional lives through coaching, um, primarily through co coaching. So uh, GPS has been, you know, it's been supporting GPs since 2015 uh, with mentoring, coaching and training. So one of the, some of the things that they do, so the service, it, it What's really good about GPS is it, it, it doesn't, it started off in Nottinghamshire, Derbyshire, but it doesn't just serve Nottingham and Derbyshire um, primary care staff, but it has also rolled out into different regions. So um, they're able to do this through what they refer to as the hub and spoke model or the portal only model, which is essentially um, them giving access to the GPS portal uh, for another organization to set up in their area if they if they have the capacity to do so themselves or to manage it on their behalf. So currently, I believe uh, the service has expanded to Sheffield, Mid and South Essex, um, and we are hoping to, to launch in Suffolk and, and, and Northeast Essex uh, later this year. So that's kind of something to, to keep an eye out for, I guess, uh, for people within that, that, um, that region if it's something they want to access. Um, but some of the other offers available through GPS include things like um, support mentors scheme, um, which is more uh, a fellowship mentoring. Um, they offer wellbeing workshops and training opportunities. So anyone um, can actually access up to, you know, they can access that. And what would normally happen is an organization would get in touch with GPS and say, let's say they want to do well be a well-being workshop and that's something that gps can facilitate and organize on their behalf um uh, they they can have up to 100 people attend um for, for that specific course so um let's say if it's a practice or a pcn they could say you know can you facilitate a well-being workshop on on our behalf um and that's something we can do and they can access that offer for four pounds fifty per person, so it's a really um, it's a really great offer. And all they would have to do really is to just get in touch with uh, the service manager Nikki Kendall. She'll work on putting all of that together. So it's it's you know, I mean GPS do a lot. They offer a lot, and I mean for that amount too, for that cost, it's it's very um, very cost effective. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, Zenaida, you know, wow, uh, that's really impressive because I didn't. I didn't realize that uh, GPS had sort of been, you know, e exported as a, a service, you know, in a way uh, to support yes. people outside of Nottinghamshire. So that's a little bit of news to me, actually. Maybe I should have known that, but 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 I didn't. Um, so that's really, really impressive. And yeah. and I also know um, I was going to ask you about the LMC buying group as well, because that, that's a service that I know is made available to people around the country, too. Um, it feels like we're quite fortunate in a way to, you know, that Nottinghamshire LMC feels like it's forward thinking and actually comes up with ideas that are good enough to export um, elsewhere, which is really good. So is, is there anything, what's the secret sauce, Zenaida? Why, what, what's enabled Nottinghamshire LMC to do this where others haven't? Do you know? So, you know, so, so it's part of um, having the ability and the capacity to, to, 
to do that for our practices. Um, but it's also testament to our leadership as well, I would say. Um, we, we have a very engaged uh, and proactive CEO in Michael Wright. Um, and actually, you know, speaking of the LMC buying group, that's something that um, Michael's predecessor, Chris Locke, uh, came up with and saw that there was a need um, in general practice as far as resources. So not having, you know, the resources that are needed or it being expensive and just the, the, the whole process of having to, you know, do that due diligence and go out and search for independent contractors and find out about the quality of what they're, they're providing, find out about the cost. It's a lot of work. And so the idea um, of Chris Locke was that, you know, let's have let's have an LMC buying group and let's make it a national LMC buying group, because surely if it's a need within Nottinghamshire, it's probably going to be a need um, <laughs> nationally as well for other kind of um, LMCs. Um, so that's how that came about. It started in Notts and then we had Kent join Derbyshire. And the, I mean, the rest is really history. It just kind of like snowballed from there. Um, and that was something that, you know, Chris was doing with uh, our procurement consultant, Gary. So they kind of started that. And, you know, um, since Michael took over, you know, it's something that we've continued with. Not only are we um, supporting GPs, we're actually now supporting other healthcare providers, including independent uh, dental practices and pharmacists and um, now we're now moving into the care home sector so there's a lot that we're we're doing as far as the the LMC buying group is is concerned and and what what the LMC buying group is um, is essentially economies of scale uh, as, as I think you mentioned earlier we negotiate discounts for GPS um, and healthcare providers um, on a range of products and services that they regularly buy or they regularly have to use um, for patient care. So through the LMC buying group, um, we essentially take the hassle and stress of sourcing quality cost-effective products and services away from healthcare providers by doing that work for them. And then we, we do this through our procurement consultant, like I mentioned, Gary. Um, and so whilst we're saving them money, which is another way for us to, to help healthcare providers tackle the capacity and funding issue that they currently face we're also um, helping them to save to save time as well so there's a lot that we do in that regard yeah it's really impressive that uh, that's something that's been able to help other gp practices and other sectors um, around the country and i guess i yeah. tend to think of it as it's sort of pre-approved products and services at scale more cheaply uh, which is you know which is really good Absolutely. And to join, sorry, I didn't mention that. To join, it's a it's free membership. So it's just a matter of going to um, uh, www.lmcbuyinggroups.co.uk and registering. Um, and then what happens is that uh, login details are sent to you. And then at, at that point, you're able to log into um, log into the website and, and look at kind of the discounts and um, uh, on products and services that are available to you. So some of the things that we do, you know, provide practices with discounts on are things like, you know, um, medical consumables. <laughs> so we, we know they always need that. So medical consumables, insurance, utilities. So we have a utilities broker on, um, as one of our approved suppliers, then um, shredding services. 
which uh, works a treat for practices, especially coming towards the end of the year or the beginning of the year when they just kind of need to get rid of a lot of um, maybe confidential information, make sure that, you know, it is safe, it is being kind of um, shredded safely. Um, so we have that, um, that, that, that relationship with Shreddit, who are our approved um, shredding provider. I believe, I believe we use uh, Shreddit here, so we must be oh. using the Anansi Buying Group. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah and um, I was just going to, before, uh, I was going to move on to ask a little bit more um, about yourself as well, because there might be people out there uh, just thinking, oh, you know, I'd quite like to work with the LMC, or I didn't know the LMC had these sorts of roles, or how do I, you know, do something a bit like Zenaida's done with her career. So I'm going to ask you about that in a second. First of all, though, I was just going to mark um, uh, just the Phoenix program and the work that the LMC do um, around fellowships working together with the other organizations like Health Education East Midlands. Um, we've got a, another podcast that we may be able to link to in the show notes, um, talking to Alistair McLaughlin that goes into that in more detail. So yeah. we probably don't need to spend too long on that now. Is there anything else you want to talk to around that before I, I ask about yourself, Zenaida? Yeah, so um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that Alistair McLaughlin was uh, really integral to the Phoenix, uh, the, the, the setup and starting up of the Phoenix program. So yeah, he'll definitely be the best person to to kind of really give you a um, real insight into things. But I mean, essentially, the Phoenix program is uh, kind of the, the the support, how we support the workforce um, in knots. Uh, through through the through this program, so we provide various workforce schemes, um, including resources, and we also kind of organise a lot of events that uh, support support the workforce. So the purpose of the program is to support GPs throughout the trajectory of their career. So we've got those coming into you know uh, GP trainees all the way to retired GPs, and then also we have um, GPs who are returning. Um, returning to work who've probably been off work for an extended period of time anything um, over three months due to factors that aren't you know within their control whether it's you know maternity you know or whether it's illness um when they come it back into the workforce i mean we can all understand this you know being away from from work for an extended period of time and coming back in and there's that sense of feeling a little bit overwhelmed and kind of not knowing where to start and you know it's the, it's the same it's the same for GPs who have to come out of work for whatever reason for an extended period of time and when they come back how are they um how do we inaugurate them back into the system sort of thing um what kind of things do we do to support them to give them that confidence to build their confidence back up again um and to know kind of some of the changes that have happened in a short space of time so we offer the you know, Phoenix program offers a lot of kind of workforce schemes to support with that. And some some of the other corporate programs include things like the GP transition scheme. Um, we've got new to practice fellowship, we've got the trailblazers fellowship. Um, and then we've got the new to partnership scheme. And there's so many more. But and even currently, I think I'll just mention this, currently we are recruiting for um, yet another scheme which is called the Phoenix PCN Mid-Career GP Fellowship. Um, and essentially what that is, is fellows get to work closely with their own PCNs on a range of, you know, kind of health-related projects to improve health outcomes for their patients. So that could be, you know, anything like improving weight management, 
or occupational health provision um, and just just kind of different areas of, of um, health within within their community. Um, so that's something that we're recruiting for at the moment. We normally have a cohort. Um, they uh, go through like a, a year, so it's annual. They go through a year. I'm just trying to think of some of the things that we offer. So it's like a 12 month role. It normally starts on the 1st of October. Um, what's on offer are, you know, things like, you know, one week sessions on a PCN agreed project. Um, there's a certain sessional rate that is paid. So we kind of support them financially in that regard as well. Then there's regular support, um, which could either be in a group or it could be like a kind of one-to-one -one, um, session with a member of the Phoenix team. So yeah, it's it's really good. And it's, I mean, for if there are any GPs who are interested, it's primarily for GPs who have done more than two years um, post-CCT and at least five years from retirement, kind of working in a substantive role in Nottingham or Nottinghamshire or even Bassett Law. So it doesn't require any previous experience or portfolio working or projects or anything like that. So it is accessible and it's kind of something that we promote across um, all PCNs, including in Bassett Law. Yeah, and I would just say from a practice perspective, um, these fellowship working schemes have been really, really helpful to help us uh, recruit uh, GPs into the area because they do get an element of their time funded to do project work or training, which gives them a little bit of uh, variety in their workload, um, uh, which enables people to avoid becoming too sort of fatigued or, uh, or yeah. burnt out. So it's really, really helpful. And it helps get um, GPs who might not work in, in the area, you know, into working in practice and areas that can be challenging in other ways. So it's really, really helpful for practices as well as the individuals. Um, so. So Nader, I was going to just ask um, a little bit about how you came to work with the LMC because obviously um, you seem energised by your role. Um, it sounds like you're having impact. You've had the opportunity to deploy kind of quite new and different things like the podcast and so forth. Um, other people may want to follow in your footsteps, do something similar. So how, how did you um, come to the role you're in now with the LMC? Yeah, I don't know. That's always one of those interesting questions where you're like, okay, so how do I... <laughs> I don't know because it's about yourself but you always ask okay how do you talk about um how you came about your career so um I, I will start off by saying that um probably coming into healthcare was a bit by chance but actually the field that I'm working within in terms of the communications and marketing wasn't so I I have you know a background in I have a, a journalistic background um used to work within broadcast uh, you know, media, broadcast television um, on a multinational level. Um, worked for a, a few years in, 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 in West Africa, um, where I, I was a, a broadcaster there. Um, but fast forward, I, I, coming back to the, to the UK, I decided I wanted to kind of diversify my career and get to know about different aspects and not just kind of broadcast media. So I kind of opted to do um, a master's, my master's program in PR and communications um, at the University of Leicester. Um, and that kind of opened me up to the world of, you know, um, the world of communications, corporate communications, um, and at charity comms and all of that stuff. So um, it was in doing that, that I, I, I ended up working for uh, 
at the QMC, uh, the Queen's Medical Hospital, and I was working within the Clinical Research Network, um, National Health um, Institute of Research. Um, and there I was supporting the comms function there and also at the Leicester Royal Infirmary with, you know, campaigns, uh, PR campaigns and kind of, you know, spreading awareness and, you know, when there are any changes kind of helping with the kind of uh, introduction to digital working um, and kind of going paper light and all of that. So those are some of the things that I was, uh, you know, mini, mini projects I was working on at, at the um, CRM. Um, and, you know, this this position came about at the Knotts LNC, or should I say the LNC buying group initially, which looked really interesting to me and just kind of seeing how it all works and how, you know, um, they support, you know, general practice and applied for it. <laughs> So it's not very interesting, but applied and for it. Yeah, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, it's a fantastic story, though. And um, as someone who's always worked within the NHS and within healthcare, I always think it's really refreshing when uh, you get someone coming to work at your organisation who's come from a different background mm -hmm. because they bring uh, so uh, so many different skills and different perspectives um, yeah. that just aren't there for the people that have always worked in that environment. So it's really, really uh yeah. refreshing similar for, for practices i encourage people to think about and apply for roles within within practices you know from outside of the sector as well um yeah i have a very varied um kind of um work experience but yeah it's, it's, it's always been primarily within um you know broadcast media um i have a pr producing background as well uh producing t tv programs and things like that so i think you know even with the the podcast it just seemed like i know michael came to me one day and he was like okay you know <laughs> this is what i'm thinking and what are your thoughts and you know it just for him seemed like the norm to just put you know for me to kind of take the reins on that because of my my background in presenting but equally in producing as well fantastic so as we come towards the end of our chat today um what we normally ask people at the end is you know You've listened to this chat. Hopefully, you've joined us all the way through and and, and learned something. Um, what would you like people to do next? Uh, if they, if you wanted them to do one action, having listened to this conversation, what would it be? Well, um, it's it's to go to our website. Uh, go to the Nottinghamshire um, LMC website, www.nottinghamshirelmc.co.uk, because there's a wealth of you know resources and support that the LMC can offer um like we mentioned earlier there's the GPS uh, service so if you're looking for peer coaching uh, mentoring any training if you're looking for you know support and facilitating a well-being workshop get in touch with GPS um their website's www.gps sorry gp-s.org um, and you can also email them at contact at gp-s.org um, and, and you'll probably hear back from them within 72 hours um, of your email. So please do that. Um, there's also the Phoenix program. You know, it's it's such a valuable resource uh, for, for not, Nottinghamshire GPs to tap into. So if whether, whether you're a GP trainee or you're getting ready to retire or you're returning to work, it's really kind of a great resource to tap into. So get in touch with them, find out what is on offer and how that can help you to fast track your career 
or whatever it is that you might want to do or maybe you want to you, you know you want to join the 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 gp um phoenix pcn gp fellowship uh which is starting on the first of october um get in touch with the phoenix program you can email them at info at phoenixprogram.co.uk you can also go to the website where you'll get more information which i, I would advise you to do that and that's www.phoenixprogram.co.uk and yeah, you know, we're available on, on social, all social media platforms, including LinkedIn. So that's the Nottinghamshire Local Medical Committee Limited on LinkedIn, at Knots LMC on Twitter and Facebook. Um, you know, tap into us. We're a useful resource. We can support you um, with so many things. And even from a comms perspective, if you need support with your social media, you know, basic things, how to set up a, a Facebook page, or you want to know how to deal with negative, um, or, you know, comments that you're getting from, from patients or on your social platforms, get in touch with us. We can support you with that. And please don't forget to contact us for our liaison support. I mean, they're, they're, they're just great in terms of the, the breadth of things that they can support you with. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's what I will um, that's what I will end on, Andy. <laughs> yeah. check, out, check out the website. I would say if you've got a problem, it should be one of the first places to to look. Yeah. At. Um, yeah. And they've got a great jobs board as well. It's a great place to look for um, you know GP or practice nursing or other jobs in the area as well. So I guess yeah. the final thing to say is thank you very much for joining us uh, today, uh, Zaneda. It's been really really informative, and yeah. I was really interested at the beginning to talk about uh, some of those engagement and communication issues. Uh, that was really really fascinating, and also to learn about all the things that the LMC does. Uh, so hopefully people out there have found this conversation. Um, interesting. Uh, we have some conversations we've done in the past. You can have a look at, uh, maybe have a listen to some of those, and I'm sure we'll be doing interesting conversations in the future. So uh, it's goodbye uh, from me, Andy, and uh, goodbye, Zaneda. Thanks, Andy. Take care. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the Nottinghamshire LMC podcast for subsequent episodes with me, Zenaida Morrison, at podbean.com. Bye for now.